Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Spark Pride Podcast, fans first sports network. Today is the day that fall camp begins for Michigan State football. Teams around the Big Ten scattered about beginning their camp this week, and we have news around the sport that is flying around from all over the place. Let's try to collect ourselves. Let's try to recap some of the news of the day, news of the week, news of the moment, practically, around the sport of college football, around Michigan State. We're going to talk about the new uniforms. I'll give you my thoughts on those, a little perspective on Spartan gear, if you will. We're going to talk about some of the reverberations around college football after Colorado made the decision to leave the Pac-12 or what is left of the Pac-12, jump to the Big 12, and refire at hyperspeed expansion talk that absolutely affects the Big 10 and Michigan State. We're going to do that and a little bit more on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. Michigan State football looking at new uniforms last week at the Thy Shadows event, I believe was the name of it. This time, getting with Nike to put something together called Fuse. Nike Vapor Fuse, as in Field Utility Special Edition. As everyone knows, Michigan State is a feature school for Nike, really the feature school in the Big Ten. And they have been active in the past with different looks from top to bottom. This week, well, I guess last week at the Thy Shadows event, we got a complete look at the mix and match combos Spartan football's got going. I'll tell you a bit about those. And then we've also got a controversial and yet proven Thy Shadows version. So let's go ahead and start there. Let me give you a little historical perspective for some of the young kids out there that don't know any better. All they know is that Michigan State is a Nike school and has been a Nike school. Was not always the case, of course. When I got to Michigan State, change was underway. This was... This is not only before HD TV, it was really before HD was even on the map. So the uniforms Nick Saban had, honestly, they really evolved from the first year he was there in 95 all the way to 99 when he shut the door behind him uh, right around Thanksgiving. So after the 98 season, which was my first year on campus, Saban noticed that the uniforms didn't look green enough or the right kind of green on TV. So Michigan State went with a little bit of a darker green and a couple of more, uh, some striping that really looked pretty sharp, looked a lot like an NFL team. 
Uh, and that was what people knew for, for 99 at least. Uh, the early 2000s, a lot of changes were made and things got a little bit inconsistent. When Mark D'Antonio came back, Nike was in the picture and Michigan State actually went went pretty retro with the look. Um, looked pretty good, looked pretty good. Not quite to the Futura Bold, which is the name of the font that the 60s great Spartan teams had. And yeah, I think it's a wise idea to keep an idea, keep an eye out for those coming back someday. Uh, but as Michigan State got its own color, which is fantastic, and of course its own font, which we've seen copied, essentially copied from anywhere from the Minnesota Vikings through a number of college teams, uh, Michigan State began really to stand out as a feature brand. Now, some of the Nike ideas in the D'Antonio era, I can tell you that they weren't very good and they didn't see the field. And if you know anything about some of Nike's other sports, take a look at golf and individual sport. They put Rory McIlroy into some ridiculous looking stuff during his heyday. You never saw it out on the street, not once. Things have calmed down a little bit of, at Nike over the years. People come in, people come out. Michigan State's got a little bit of a refresh, but not a complete overall going on here. So let's start with what I think is naturally become really maybe the best thing that Michigan State football has going for it, and that is the road version all whites. We're talking white from head to toe. This is something that kind of evolved naturally during the D'Antonio era and really set in as Michigan State's go-to road look. White helmets, white jerseys, white pants. The big difference here, and they like to call them the icy whites. I like to call them the road, all road, or you know, all whites, or the road whites, whatever, is uh, the Greek script that's come back that we actually saw a little bit of around uh, or in the late 90s in Y2K, kind of saw it around the Mateen Cleaves era. That's going to serve as a thick helmet stripe for Michigan State in the road white uniforms. I think it looks pretty good. Opposite side is all greens. Now, some of the all greens look, they look all look different in person than they do on TV. Um, some of the all greens have looked sloppy in the past because they did not have a stripe. The all greens here do not appear to have a stripe, um, but they've got that Greek stripe in the center of the helmet that looks pretty good. And of course, the Spartans uh, transition to the matte finish, which looks better, so much better on HDTV. As some of you remember, and you've got a remarkable memory if you do, I was early critical of that need to be uh, moving away from the, the classic shiny, if you will. It almost looked purple at times on TV. It didn't look very sharp. Right now, the only ones that still have that shiny look in, in, in major football, I believe, is Alabama. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have that look at the NFL level. Michigan State went to the matte look on the helmets before Many around the Big Ten did. They're better for it. Their helmets look great. The all-whites are terrific road base uniform. The all-greens, you got to watch out not to be sloppy there. I would kind of like a uh, stripe on the pant if we're going to get picky. And then you've got the traditional Michigan State home, which is green helmet, green shirt, white pants. Now, let me stop here because a lot of us don't know much about fashion, and we don't know unless we dig in or we learn something. And I'm not claiming to know very much, but I do know a very, very basic. And it'd be a great thing to know if you're looking for why do uniforms look good? Why do they look bad? Why does this guy look dressed well? Why does he not? And it has a lot to do 
with uh, lining up the levels, if you will. This is just my layman's term. I I'm not a fashion designer, but for these pants, these shirts, these shoes aren't really important, these helmets, what you're looking for is kind of two at a time, if you will. So when Michigan State has a green helmet, green shirt, going with the white pants looks great. When Michigan State has a white helmet, white shirt, green pants, that's going to be okay. When they go either or is when people look silly. And I saw a major college roll out there, actually the Big Ten school roll out their uniforms for the year, and they've got a lot of that, and they're going to look silly, to be honest. You can look back at Michigan State uniforms of the past and see exactly what I'm talking about. Now, the Thy Shadows is a modern take on an alternate uniform. It looks very dark because it appears to be black with green and a little bit of highlighting there. And what I would say about this is the same stuff I said in 2013, 14, and beyond when Michigan State had some Colorado State-looking uniforms. And I'm not saying there's not a space for the gold. I'm saying if you're going to go away from featuring green and white, which are the school's colors, you have to do enough that people can at least follow them. This looks like a better version of that. The numbers are white. The names on the back are white. There's some white popping. And really what needs to happen is um, there needs to be enough white. I should say we're not positive about how the, 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 the name on the back is going to go in the numbers. Even though we're talking HD, if you want it to be visible on TV, you've got to have enough white or enough bordering that people can make it out. The reason that the Spartan basketball black uniforms look so bad is you can't see anything. So number one, you're going against a school known for green and white. You're taking that out of the equation. Number two, it's too darn hard to see what I'm even looking at. When that happens, you've got a potential fashion fail. What I see here is a slight update to Michigan State football uniforms. I don't see a massive overhaul. I don't see a massive misstep in the lot as long as they stay with this and as long as they stay with the rule of thumb, which quite frankly, Michigan State has not always, and they've looked foolish when they haven't. If you're going green, white, green, white, that's not good. You gotta have two levels of the uniform matching, in my opinion, regardless of the school, to look decent, to look good. If you've got two levels, for example, the pants, the shirt, the shirt, the helmet, you're gonna be just fine. So if they wanna pull out those old Christmas tree ornament hats and put them on top of the all whites or the all greens, that's gonna be just fine. If they put them on top of something else, it's gonna be iffy. And if Michigan State wants to go with the all whites, uh, but a green helmet, that's fine. I would have a problem if they went white helmet, green shirt, white pants. That's going to look a little goofy to me and look a little goofy regardless of what team it is. Wow, that's a lot of time on uniforms, but they're darn important to people. They're important to a lot of people that say, hey, Michigan State's green and white. I want to see green and white featured. They're important to a lot of people that say, hey, I'm getting tired of all green and white all the time. Let me see a little let me see a little something different. And that's where the Thy Shadows comes in. And the great thing about Thy Shadows is it sounds like there was a lot of work done by people that played and wore that uniform. And also it sounds like something that there's going to be a lot of interest to continually tweak. There's 
how these things look in person, how they look on TV, they both matter a lot. I know they matter to anybody listening to this show because you're already a super fan and you're darn excited to see them all roll out this fall as Michigan State takes the field for 2023 and is not afraid to mix it up a little bit. Hopefully, they mix it up good, look good, play good. Everybody wins when that happens. That's my thoughts on the Michigan State new uniforms. Let's talk about what's going on around college football as Michigan State's fall camp gets underway here on the Spartan Pride Podcast. If you listen to my exclusive with Mel Tucker from MSU Atlanta Day, you got a preview about a whole lot of what he said at Big Ten Media Days last week. One thing that caught people's attention that should not have been a surprise to many was, or many of you that listen to this show, was that Sam Levitt is going to be a player in the Michigan State quarterback competition. That's important for a couple of reasons. The first reason that it's important goes well beyond Sam Levitt, and that is because in the modern era of college football is in right now today, kids that are going to major college programs at high-profile positions, maybe even any position, by and large, they want a chance to compete to play right now. So Michigan State saying, yeah, Sam Levitt, you're going to have a shot to play is not only important for him himself to show, hey, what kind of skills do you have? How much can you absorb? What could you possibly do to make up for your lack of experience over Kaden Hauser and Noah Kim? But also to send a message to future recruits, portal recruits, etc., that if you come to Michigan State, you're going to have a chance to play right away if you're up to par. It's something that goes back in Spartan history at the quarterback position to the likes of Jeff Smoker, who was arguably the top rate of recruit quarterback in the country at that time. And something that people had an issue with, with the likes of Damian Terry, for example, who maybe never saw the field really in a different era with different redshirt rules, different transfer rules. And there's still, believe it or not, and it happens with all quarterbacks, not just Terry, there's still people out there wondering, wow, I wonder if Damon Terry, what he would have been like if he had got a chance to play. Or I wonder what Tyler O'Connor would have been like if he had a real chance to play. Well, those questions are easier to answer when your team is as good as those Spartan teams were during the height of the D'Antoni era. They're not right now. Michigan State football is a basically a blank slate in a show-me year for Mel Tucker. This is a real important year for him that we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. But a lot of folks took note that he included Sam Levitt in the quarterback competition. I'm telling you, it's not just because Sam Levitt up against Kate Hauser and Noah Kim. It's future recruits coming to Michigan State up against those guys as well. That roster of quarterbacks that included Peyton Thor at the time may or may not have tipped the balance for some recruits that Michigan State was after that may have gone to other schools this calendar year. That's not a good or bad thing. It's just a reality. And in the reality, it's going to happen again next year. As we know, Mark D'Antonio had almost too many quarterbacks. I'm not sure if you can do that or have that situation now because kids will be in and out so quick. So we should probably get used to kids going in and out quicker, and we should get used to quarterbacks coming to compete to play at Michigan State the first day they hit camp. For Sam Levitt, the bell has tolled. Now we will see if he's in the mix, how long he stays in the mix, and what kind of output potential there may be in a brand new quarterback going up against a very experienced Noah Kim and an experienced Katen Hauser as they battle out to see who's going to start for Michigan State 
against Western Michigan on the Friday night before Labor Day. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. We'll be right back. Many of you know Colorado shook up college football and college athletics as they make a move to the Big 12, but some of the folks left in the Pac-12 aren't really too concerned. Somebody asked Oregon head coach Dan Lanning, formerly of University of Georgia, assistant, his reaction on Colorado's move to the Big 12. He said, I don't have a big reaction. I'm trying to remember what they won to affect this conference, and I don't remember. Do you remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. Well, Lanning wasn't around all the time, for sure, when they were in there. And it does appear that Colorado had a total of one winning season since joining the Pac-12 in 2011. So, in reality, statistically, he's probably pretty correct. From an entertainment standpoint, this is kind of funny. You've got a head coach... uh, kind of airing out some not really dirty laundry, but maybe doing a little television commentating act when he's asked a press conference. That's entertaining. Nobody has anything to hide. Um, Is that right for the college level? Historically, no. But in the modern climate of America or American major sports, eh, it's probably welcomed a little bit. It's a nice line. It's pretty funny. It's going to make the Colorado... Oregon game a little more interesting this fall, just for entertainment standpoint. Um, But it probably doesn't matter much. What does matter is Colorado leaving and what that's doing. As we are taping this show right now, it's not certain what's going to happen to the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-whatever. Let's just call it the Pac-10. As you all know, who read my work for years, I just went ahead and stuck with that title. Right now, I think they got nine that are going to be there next year. So something has to give. And it may be deletions and more subtractions. My guess, based on covering college football and covering college athletics on a big scale since 1999, not 100% of the time consistently, but a lot, and certainly completely for 13 years with Spartan Nation, is that anybody anywhere is on the phone and starting to engage in what could be next for our school. Some of this is not that simple. Yes, my school might be interested in going to that conference if this or that team were to join as well, only if this or that team does not join. Or my school may be interested in going to that conference or helping to create a new division in that conference if this one and that one go, but not that one and that one. This is likely to move very quickly because as musical chairs go, if you remember playing that game, somebody's left without a seat. And if anyone, and obviously everybody has paid attention to this the last 10 years or so who's involved in the sport and at the the university level, they need to look at some of the folks that have benefited from uh, making a move like Maryland, and those that have really missed out from not making a move like Georgia Tech and maybe those that kind of went sideways maybe because they had to like West Virginia. Somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, and somebody's going to be completely shut out and hurting. If you look at the amount of dollars that Georgia Tech, for example, did not get 
for their athletic department by not becoming a part of the Big Ten when they apparently had a chance, that has left a scar. And if you think that the schools out in the Pac-10 who are left are going to be okay with just rolling along with what they got, I'm not sure that they are. We've talked about it on this show weeks ago. I will premise it to you again as we wrap up this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. Before Kevin Warren left the Big Ten, he was positioning this conference to become a national one from coast to coast. In order to do that, he went ahead and added Southern Cal and UCLA. As many of you know, there are 10 million people in Los Angeles County. Just a county. But there's nobody else west of Nebraska in the Big Ten. Logic would tell you that there's going to become a Big Ten West Division. In order to have a West Division, I think you need between five and eight teams. So I see a real opportunity for the likes of Washington, Oregon, Utah, Stanford, Cal, Arizona to consider themselves or be working the phones and working everything they have to figure out if that is a real possibility right now. At the same time, we've heard rumblings about Eastern expansion for the Big Ten. I think you could put a really nice Big Ten East together with about six teams, starting from Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, considering Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State. Some of those schools make a lot of sense. Some maybe don't make as much. You may have somebody like Clemson that says, hey, what about us? But the point is, this is all probably happening very fast right now. And it has to, because what Colorado did was essentially pull the plug on the expansion grenade, if you will, and that thing is flying. And you do not want to be left out in the cold. We've seen what happens to that. For those that are left out in the cold, they're not the same. And we've also seen what happens to those that have made just brilliant moves like the University of Maryland. And I guess moves that didn't work out like Colorado as they've reversed course, if you will, and trying to go back to the big eight. Where does this stuff stop? I don't know. Nobody knows. But I look at a map. I look at the Big Ten. I see a West Division, Lakes, Plains, and Eastern Division. I see divisions that have between five and eight teams with a likely sweet spot around six teams per division. You can take out your own map and paper and start scratching out who you would love to see considered in there. If you do that, take a look back at what some of the requirements and traditional uh, indicators are of a potential Big Ten fit, such as research, land-grant institution, contiguous states, and so on. If you want to dig deeper, take a look at the paper Virginia Tech put together around 2010 or so, essentially outlining what they were doing to become eligible and a fit for the Big Ten Conference. I don't know that anyone else has done anything like that. I don't know if that's going to get Virginia Tech anywhere in this portion of the musical chairs, but if you're crazy enough to think Colorado was the only thing that was going to happen here, I would put money against that if I were somehow betting on college expansion and conference realignments. There's a lot of work to do. My understanding is that a lot of it is coming and, and happening in real time. We've got the entire month of August for some of this stuff to shake out. It would not surprise me if something significant comes in this month of August as fall camps begin and the future 
of so many college football and so many college athletic departments remain uncertain. This is the Spark Pride Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks very much for your time. We will see you again soon.